Welcome to the EQ Podcast. Welcome to the EQ Podcast, a show focused on equipping ministry leaders within the Calvary Chapel Association in the Pacific Northwest. I'm your host, Zach Lamberson, and with me is Pastor Steve Winery. And we have on the show today one of Pastor Steve's assistant pastors and the head of security at Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, Matt Lewis. How you doing, Matt? Good. How you guys doing? Good, good. So we're going to talk security specifically for small churches, but also things obviously that large churches should be doing if they don't already have in place. And you want to just quickly give us your background. Why should we trust your knowledge about security? Well, first of all, you shouldn't trust me. Uh, first part of security is don't trust anybody. Uh, but no, I uh, I did 10 years at the Benton County Jail. And so I have a really good overview of facility security, you know, because uh, we ran contracts all the way up to federal and so basically it was a prison that in, housed 900 inmates, but also local, which is your community arrest coming in. And then after that, uh, I went to Hanford Patrol. And uh, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, nuclear security. So out at the Hanford site, they're treated as security contractors. Uh, it's more uh, heavily military. It's all about, you know, obviously nuclear security. And so it's very military-esque, although still a portion of law enforcement. And so. 13, 14 years, that was my background while I was doing ministry here uh, for a long time, but that's where I came from before I came on staff here in 2020. Okay, so, you know, one of the things you talked to me about previous to the interview was you see sometimes small churches don't really see a need for, like, having a security team. What would be your encouragement to, like, smaller-ish churches, you know, the ones who are 50 um, size, maybe up to a hundred that, that really haven't seen like, Oh, I don't think we need that ministry or I don't see, you know, I, right now it, it being something that is a priority. What would you say to them? Yeah. So since this is to my understanding, going out primarily to senior pastors, uh, one of the things I've noticed doing, uh, ministry conferences and talking to guys, and usually it's a person from the fellowship that will come up and talk to me about security and interestingly enough one of the roadblocks is the senior pastor and so what i would tell those guys and you know i have a couple verses here because i knew we would do this i know they're senior pastors and they know all this stuff Um, but in nehemiah you know when they're building the wall i'm going to read chapter 4 verse uh i'll start in verse 13 therefore i positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked in a rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your houses. And you know, there's other, I have a bunch of them. I don't go through all of them in Proverbs in uh, first Chronicles chapter nine uh, is a whole section of this. Uh, Ezekiel, I have on our uh, security badges coming up, Ezekiel 317, uh, be a watchman over the house of Israel. I understand that Ezekiel, you know, being a watchman is preaching the gospel and there's a spiritual aspect that that context is in. But for the most part, I think that a lot of times pastors forget there's this whole watchman protection over God's people that's a physical thing, not just a spiritual thing. And as a shepherd, one of the duties as a shepherd is to watch for your people. 
And so the first thing is like, we we're in America, so we have this culture of just being safe. And uh, the government that God set up, we have law enforcement that come and do all that stuff. But it's 2024. And so I'm in tune to this because of my background and I get emails on a regular basis about what's going on. And so this last week, I had two church events where guys went to contact somebody and they got uh, cut with a box cutter. Uh, one of them was a homeless guy that was on campus, took out a box cutter, slit the dude's throat, almost killed him. Uh, some of you guys in the Calvary Chapel movement may have remember Skip Isaac's church in 2022. He had a security guard just go contact somebody in a car on their on their campus. And uh, it was, I think, an after hour situation. The dude backed into him, ran him over, ran him over again, pulled his body on the side and, and they found him later and, and, and killed him at, at Skip's church. And so uh, it's a thing. Um, primarily, a lot of times, you know, everyone goes to the active shooter thing. Yes, there are those. Uh, we have a bunch of those now on video from Texas and church shooters that come in, and that's for sure a thing in church security. But one of the things I think people forget is the uh, watching out for kids and children's ministry, you know, so it encompasses uh, the major problem of sex offenders and pedophiles that come to church where people are loving and open, and so watching out for children's ministry and that whole thing that's part of the security wing. But all that to say that the, it starts from the top down. And so the senior pastor has to understand the world that we live in, the authority that God set up in the church to watch out and shepherd his people and protect the kids. And then, you know, they everyone knows this, but Satan doesn't fight fair. And if he can bring a sex offender into your church and have a situation goes on that makes the news, I mean, that's one of the best ways I can tell to start drama in the fellowship. And it, and it wrecks people. And so uh, first step is getting senior pastors to understand that this is something that they should at least consider. We were having a conversation uh, actually yesterday at lunch and we were talking about, you know, uh, maybe the naivete or that love believes all things. And sometimes we take that to a default that wrecks the people around us. So maybe you could just speak to that aspect. Oh, and by the way, he's wearing this hat because this is how the you profile security is to look for weird people dressed like this when they come in. That's right, look like a biker, <laughs> put a beanie on your head. Actually, what was happening was I was doing some construction yesterday and every time I do construction, I hack my head up. And I forgot to wear a baseball cap, so I don't wanna show you my hacked up head. Um, just to the issue of the size of the church, most of the weird things that have happened in our church happened when we were smaller. And, and so, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I always knew about church, because I came from Greg Laurie's church, uh, is that Satan attacks and he uses weird people to do this stuff. And so, gosh, you know, almost, uh, you know, I can't say it was every service, but almost every service, uh, because Greg was always uh, sharing the gospel and uh, leading people to Christ, almost every service, there was going to be somebody who stood up and did something weird. And sometimes it was literally standing up during an altar call and screaming and yelling. And so, you know, the, the pastor can't necessarily take care of that 
from up front, although he did a pretty good job. And, and that's where I, I learned some of my, you know, techniques as far as dealing with people in an audience when, when they're, when they're going south on things like that, but you can't expect that that's not going to happen. There, there are, and you know, there, there are places where it's going to be more prevalent. And so when you have, uh, venues that are in larger population areas, you're going to have more guys like that. But, you know, nowadays there, there's guys on fentanyl, uh, that are in rural areas and people wigging out on meth and and all that kind of stuff. And if Satan can use these guys, he's going to, you know, he'll send them to church and there'll be an issue that comes up. And so you need to have guys who know how to handle that kind of issue and do it kindly and and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, get the, get the guys out of the service so that you can talk to them one-on-one or if you need to trespass them or, or, uh, or things like that. Um, can't tell you how frustrating it, it is to be up front. You're in the middle of a service and you got a bunch of ushers who do not take care of issues in the congregation because they're embarrassed or they don't know what to do or uh, that kind of stuff. And it just gets in the way of the gospel. And um, what you would like is for the guy up front not to, ha- not to have to deal with those things um, because it makes him look like a hard case. And, you know, even with that, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, so Matt was talking about uh, the, the fact that pastors need to be uh, protecting people. Paul, in, in Acts chapter 20, when he's talking to the Ephesian elders, he talked about the fact that grievous wolves are going to rise up from amongst us. And so a wolf is somebody that attacks the sheep. And it's not just spiritually. Um, it can it can be in all kinds of areas, like he's talking about uh, uh, going after kids and and that kind of thing. That's the other thing. Some of the weirdest things that we ever had happen in Sunday school happened when our church was smaller, and uh, it's because these guys know what Christians are like, and Christians have a tendency to be naive, or um, they think even if they're not naive, they think that the way that they're supposed to react to a situation is always loving which means no confrontation no what are you doing here no you know thing things like that and um uh so the the guy can come in and manipulate the situation and so i um i actually nowadays i'm less on top of it as far as what's going on in the congregation and what's going on around here because i don't have to deal with it because i've got a bunch of ushers who you know they may not be a radical security team but they're you know they're trained and they're watching out for things and uh that's that's a good thing another thing if you're the pastor of a smaller church um, you're going to have guys who are coming from other churches that have been kicked out of their churches and there's reasons that they were kicked out, and so they want to go someplace else. And a lot of times, pastors don't communicate with each other, and so you you have to you have to be able to uh, you don't need to be uh, crazy, over the top, cynical about everybody that walks into the fellowship. Obviously, we you know we love people, and even the people that are weird, we love them and we want them to come to Christ. But you know, it's like you don't want people getting hurt, and you don't you don't want the ministry. Uh, being um, uh, crippled on any kind of level because you're not watching out for what's going on in a in a situation in church, 
And, and so um, you, you need to be aware of those things. You need to be paying attention. And spiritual warfare is spiritual warfare. And like Matt was saying, Satan doesn't fight fair. He's not polite. He's not a gentleman about these things. You know, it's, it's like he does whatever he can to distract from the work of the ministry. And so we need to be prepared for them. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, if you're talking to a uh, pastor of a small church and he's wanting to implement some security protocols and, you know, build a team up, what would you, how would you go about doing that or just encouraging him with that? Yeah, so, uh, again, it goes to the size of the church, but, you know, philosophy, mission priority overall. And he was already doing this uh, before I got on board, but um, I think I sent you a thing a couple weeks ago. And so for me, for church security, it goes like this. Kids and the youth, so children's ministry, because they're the weakest and most vulnerable. Then your congregants, just people in general, you know, as far as like being a protector and a a warrior, it's because we love people. So our whole mission is to watch out for people who are weaker than us. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. And so that's a priority. Uh, Third one for me, and and this isn't necessarily in order of importance, but the gospel, Steve just talked about that, is that the priority on Sunday morning is that the gospel is preached. So that doesn't get interrupted. And so we have people, you know, we call them like the VIP guys that are on Pastor Steve. A quick example of that is, uh, let's say that uh, after church and we have three services, so everyone wants to hound and talk to him after church. And so one of the things that the VIP guy who is on Steve, uh, on the senior pastor, is preventing someone from just walking up on stage. We've had that happen, I think, twice since I've been here. Um, Weirdos that just stand up, you know, but after church, when everyone wants to talk to him, in fact, this happened last Sunday where he has to go and pray for somebody and it's set up and a bunch of people want to talk to him. Part of the security is like, hey, Pastor Steve, nice you know and he gets to decide because he's the one that's doing the the witnessing but being a buffer from the people who want to talk to him versus the priorities of the gospel uh and then uh witness so um one of the things that's in here is uh having a presence and so um your witness in security is that you care about your people by providing that service and it goes along with the gospel in the sense of loving people and um, how you present that. And then the fifth one for me is uh, liability. And so um, just to round that out, you know, there are churches in Florida that I know of and guys go to, and they take security to the point of their ushers are in like tactical vests, right? With like firearms and AR mags and everything. And it's because they're in a place where that culture, it doesn't really bother people. Right there, there are churches that put uniformed police officers out front, uh, and in certain places and states, Texas and stuff, that's just standard operating procedure. So as far as your witness, you're not stumbling anybody. Um, I, we live in Washington, so if I put guys open carrying rifles with tactical vests out in front, people are going to freak out and it's going to stumble your witness to the gospel. And so I take the culture where you live and adjust the security accordingly for your fellowship. Uh, Yes, it's there, but you can do it in a way where you don't have to be a prison and still do the job. And then liability is just the living in the world we live, the legal risk, how you you navigate that uh, between whatever your SOP is, your policy, what the pastor, what the senior pastor wants and expects, and just setting yourself up for lawsuits and protecting yourself and 
the church specifically in that area. So real quick, standard operating procedure. I knew that. <laughs> I don't know that everybody watching does. You guys all use acronyms for everything. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I'll try and speak plainly. Uh, you mentioned distractions, um, and we talked about how you might handle have you know you don't want to have Steve doesn't want to be the one that handles someone who's a distraction. Um, what would you say like you know I think you know obviously there's a different approach versus like someone who has a baby who's being a distraction versus someone who you know is dressed like a chicken or a bunny, you know, <laughs> and they're causing a distraction. How would how would you handle those situations differently? How would you encourage guys? Yeah, so the reason Zach says that is because we had someone show up in a bunny suit on Easter, and we had somebody show up in, in like a homemade chicken suit doing an African rain dance in the back of the sanctuary, and it was when Mitch was preaching. And so both of those things happened, so tongue-in-cheek there. So um, as far as the mothers, um, I like having a mother's team because I don't think it's effective to have guys especially that look like me. I know your church, you have some cops there that have full beards. And it's not, uh, it's hard to uh, be loving and uh, kind and go up to them, a guy like me, and go, you know, your, your baby's crying, get out of the sanctuary. So I think it's more effective to have a women's team where you have moms contacting moms and set up, set up that for, you know, the baby distraction thing. Um, and that can be a part of greeters, which are part of your ushers, part of your hospitality, part of security, which is overall your Sunday morning team. Um, for, the, for the other guys, um, if somebody stands up, it's kind of like an automatic. If they're being a distraction, they should be talked to, escorted, dealt with, where he can just keep on preaching and um, doesn't interrupt the service. Uh, some of that is sitting down with your senior pastor. Hey, what, do, what are your expectations? What is it that you want on a Sunday morning? Some of it, they have to know the laws and the state in which they live. Can I touch somebody? Can I escort somebody or what are the rules there? Uh, for the most part, this has only happened a couple times, but it's kind of, uh, it just, I try to be as nice and kind of as possible. Hey man, how you doing? I'm Matt, nice to meet you. Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And then their actions get to decide where that goes. Usually, most of the time they're like, uh, yeah, sure. And the goal is to get it out of the sanctuary, into the foyer or outside and church can just keep going on. Um, that one, uh, chicken guy that you brought up. Um, the thing with our church is he's being a distraction. It got to the point where um, he got into the service without being contacted by an usher. There's a bunch of things that go on. So that was our mistake. Uh, it was the harvest party that night. And so it was kind of like, well, is this guy showing up early type of thing and all this stuff that got through the loops, which is kind of how it goes when that happens. Uh, but He's doing this weird thing. I don't know who he is. He's got a bag. He starts putting stuff back in his bag and you don't know what this guy has. You don't know if he came in with something, if he has weapons, all the stuff that cops think about. So I'm watching him and I have an usher to my left and an usher to my right. And by the time we left the sanctuary, because it's this is kind of our church here, I look behind me and I have West Richland on my left, two Benton County guys behind me and a Kennewick police officer on my right. And so. They kind of know the drill, and uh, Mitch, was preaching, went back to what he was saying, and we escorted him out of there. So some of it, you have to know beforehand what, what, what are you supposed to do, what does a senior pastor want, 
And then depending on the actions of the person in front of you, you go up and down to, depending on to adjust for the situation. And so in a nutshell, that's kind of how it goes. Um, some of some of this stuff, uh, I I think uh, actually I, I just think this way, and again, it's because of the church that I came from. Um, some of the stuff you can kind of um, you can kind of cut off at the past just by having a presence of, of guys that are there. And so one of the reasons that I do an offering is specifically so that everybody in the room knows that there's guys there who are in authority. And then on top of it, if he's got guys with lanyards on who are doing the offering, then you know somebody who comes in and is thinking about do, you know causing some kind of ruckus or causing some kind of problem realizes that there's a bunch of guys here that might step up and and do something. And so you know then I I'm fully convinced that um, uh, uh, there's probably been more people than have caused problems before that decided not to specifically because there were so many guys around who looked like they they might do something about that. And again, it's a, it's like we don't have ushers that are sitting there glaring at people. They're they're just <laughs> there, and they're they're obviously. Uh, guys who are in authority, and so I've always, I've always, uh, except for during COVID, um, we've always taken an offering, and um, that, uh, besides the fact that it talks about it in First Corinthians sixteen, uh, that specifically is the reason that I've done that, um, and so I think it it kind of helps out with that whole. Situation. You mentioned litigation. I think that's something too that you know, guys are not really necessarily thinking about with their security, but you're protecting your, your kids, obviously, that's their priority, but you're also protecting the people from accusations. And so having security in place, having cameras, you know, your cameras aren't necessarily there to prevent, um, or you know, but they are there to like have, you know, capture a record of what's going on. And so there's, you know, even a, a sec- uh, an extra measure of like, when, when you know a law enforcement comes into the picture, if they see that you have some of these protocols in place, it's definitely going to bode better for your your situation than if you have no cameras and you've got no protocols and you know anything could happen and you have no oversight over it, which would just be foolish. But yeah, I mean, some of those things are pretty simple to do. You know, security cameras. I think everyone installs them on their front door now with a ring camera. I feel like everyone can go through and add some of these things, no matter what size church you are, make a budget for it. Um, I know your church, my church as well, has a budget for background checks. Um, Super simple, easy thing to do to vet everyone who comes through. Uh, And then I was also thinking, like, as far as uh, insurance goes, you know, having liability coverage for your church, for your team members, but again, not just not just for you know um, you know damage to the church facility or something, but for protection for people. If someone wants to make an accusation, then you have all these protocols. I know your insurance looks at these things as well and says, "Do you have these trainings in place? And do you have all these things kind of set up? If you don't, then uh, they're less likely to you know uh, go with what you know your issues are and and try to help you out in those things." might even lower your rate some um you you mentioned uh like active shooter 
things do you you do trainings like what do you talk to your guys about in those situations when because that's you know that's what most people think of security they're thinking of like a a big you know active shooter type scenario what are what are the things you talk to your team about because i think again it doesn't have to necessarily be your security team if you're at a small church you're talking to your ushers you're talking to your elders what are things we are going to do if something like this happened because like steve said it's more likely to happen in a smaller church where there's less of these protocols in place okay uh so it's a huge conversation of content i'll try and be brief you mentioned children's ministry first, and that's kind of what I said. I was kids and youth, and so the way we do it here, and I think it's effective, is that all our leaders go through uh, what's called ministry safe, and what it is is a series of videos that you watch, and it only takes you know 30, 40 minutes. You watch the videos, you take a little quiz at the end that anybody who breathes can pass. It's not like a hard thing, but what it does is it trains your leaders to look for things that come up in children's ministry from people who, you know, pedophiles and people that want to manipulate and come in there. So what it does is, he already mentioned presence, when you have all your leaders trained up on this, and if you want to be in the children's ministry, you know that everyone knows and has watched these videos, it's a prevention because it's a presence. With the ministry safe, uh, you get a background check, and that background check should be nationwide, not statewide, because you have people moving around. And um, so, First approach is children's ministry, go through the ministry safe videos, have everyone on the same page and background check. With that, um, and you're looking at protection from the kids side and the leader side. So just very simply, there should be no male leader that's privately texting a female teenager, right? You are setting yourself up for a disaster. So oversight, accountability, cameras fall under there that you mentioned, uh, I consider it evidence collection. We have a school here. I can't tell you how many times, I, it's it's like a monthly thing for sure. Sometimes, especially the start of the year, maybe a weekly thing where they're like, hey, can you check out this on the camera? And it allows you to go on there. It's accountability and oversight. If someone were to make an allegation, hey, uh, Matt, Pastor Matt uh, said this to me and you can get on the camera and go, no, I was standing right here in the hallway and, and it kind of makes that stuff go away. We've used it for uh, theft. We've had a couple break-ins and yeah, you can, give the video to law enforcement and go from there. So as far as like your culture of security, it should start with the simple things that nobody from a security military law enforcement background can do. And if your church, small time church um, doesn't have that, that's fine. You can start there and then grow your program. When you're going to the other side, which would be like an event, an active shooter, somebody come in to do harm, or uh, there's been a lot of um, people coming in that walk into a church who have, you know, are running from police officers from a convenience store robbery or whatever, and they just kind of walk into church. There's been a, a bunch of those lately. Um, what I like to do is usually even small churches have somebody who has a law enforcement slash military background. Those guys wanna serve, and a lot of times with their personality, they don't know where to get plugged in at, so security slash usher is like the perfect road in. So I treat it as a ministry, and so if you have somebody that has a background in that, that's a person you wanna uh, have set this up because they already kinda know what's going on. If you don't, you have guys who are civilians that take it seriously, that read up, that follow this, the CCW, concealed carry weapons 
guys and they're up on the Second Amendment laws that are always changing. If you have one of those guys, perfect. Gold, use them and plug them in. Um, I'm doing a security only team when we get into our new building specifically because I have the resources. And so I have about you know 30 ushers now and I'm taking another 10 guys and doing just a separate security team for this. Now with that, I have seven or eight cops who are the security guys because they're already in the know, right? I don't have to train them. They know the laws. If something happens, they're at risk from all the stuff from their own job that it's like they just do what they do. If you don't have that, you want to, in fact, and one of the things that I put in there when it's talking about a watchman or a guardian, a gatekeeper over the house of Israel, it has a reliable man in that verse. And so if you're gonna put a, a guy in a position, he needs to be somebody that de-escalates, okay? One of the traps is you have the military guy uh, who treats it as like he's a bouncer and he doesn't transition from, this is a fellowship, there are weird people coming in. I was that weird person when I first got saved. And so the job is to de-escalate, but at the same time, protect the sheep. And so he needs to have the mindset of, if something happens, I can deal it and know how to do it. And that, that means you need to train the guys if they don't have it. Um, but he also needs to understand that the main job is talking to people, de-escalation, talking to parents and that type of thing. So what I do is uh, with my background, I have annual trainings. And so I do as many as I can. You gotta remember that these guys have jobs and so I can't do a training every Saturday and ask them to be here for free on their own dime. So I've been building it up. We have probably four to six a year. Our last one, uh, for instance, was TCCC, uh, Tactical Combat Casualty Care. And all it is is this, we have an AED, they got their first aid card and they uh, we have trauma kits and they got trained on um, trauma. And so we have a guy's name, uh, well, I won't mention his name, but he works at Cadillac ER, his military background, and he came and did a stop the bleed class, which is a free thing that goes around. You probably have this in your community somewhere. They come in and they bring in first aid dummies and uh, trauma dummies and you walk through and at the end you get a certificate. And so you can do that with um, room clearing, um, if, you're, if you're doing firearms, you need to have somebody that goes, this is how I want your ushers to handle it. This is, you know, uh, concealed carry, this type of holster. If there's an event, um, this is what we're gonna do. Everyone all on the same page, and um, I could talk for hours about that. So I won't, it's a kind of a, a separate conversation, but in a nutshell, if something happens, you gotta have all that set up. You gotta have guys that can communicate, that, that know in a situation, this is how we're gonna lock it down, this is our control, this is how parents meet up with kids. When law enforcement comes, this is how we approach them. We, you know, they're coming with guns, we have guns, like that's a bad, that's a bad deal. So um, if you have someone in your church that can take that over, and most guys that come up and talk to me, they have a passion or desire to get that going. So I know it's big, it's a huge thing, just start small. Like, hey, we need an AED. Perfect. Your mission for, for that month is to get an AED and train your ushers on it. And then build that accordingly. And then what, what's happened here is it's become a ministry and I use it to bring in 
law enforcement who are maybe flaky because of their schedule or whatever. And I incorporate ushers with security and use it as a ministry for guys that have a passion for it. You uh, keep using the acronym AED. You want to explain that one? <laughs> <laughs> I do use acronyms a lot. Yeah, so uh, I don't even ton. know what that stands for. Something... Emergency defibrillator. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool piece of kit that is just basically a box that goes on your wall. Every school has this. Uh, I think buses, any public place has it. And what's cool about it is... When someone goes down, usually like cardiac arrest, it could be anything, seizure, they got something in their throat, they stop breathing, heart attack, whatever. You take this basically box out and it's got two pads on there and you put pads on their chest and the computer diagnoses them. So if you need to do CPR, it tells you you need to do CPR. It tells you when to do it. It tells you the rhythm to do it. It reads your chest compressions and tells you go deeper or, or a lot of people don't do them deep enough. So what's cool is you can have minimal training, put these pads on them, push the button and the computer tells you everything to do. And then if it is a cardiac arrest, which is uh, one of the major things that uh, health issues that emergency things on sports event, older people, you know, uh, cardiac arrest, heart, heart attack, um, it will uh, monitor that and then it has the ability to do the shock uh, your medical guys are gonna be like yeah you don't know what you're talking about I don't it, it does the shock that gets your rhythm back in your heart or you, you know the science and um, it's probably the number one uh, life-saving tool that we have in in 2024 and you can get grants for these uh, so for churches um, there are different um, organizations that will help you out to get a better price. We have a nurse over in the school. She kind of set that up. Um, I don't know what company she used, but I know that um, you can, don't go online and pay like full retail. You need to look for uh, price and sometimes you can get grants for these four churches and schools. And since we have both, that's kind of how we did it. On that no, I have a few lightning round questions that we're going to customize to you and what we're doing. And you mentioned the AED. Uh, was, what would you say is the most important security tool? that If you're going to give your team one tool, what would it be? Uh, awareness. So the ability to see what's going on and potentially uh, act before it happens. And so, you know, an active shooter that can be stopped in the parking lot is way, way better than inside the sanctuary. And so part of having a team, you know, with the ability to communicate, AKA radios, is so that if someone, um, if something happens, we can address it and deal with the problem immediately. And so most of that is a mindset with an awareness of your job is to look out for things and, and deal with them and, you know, the active shooter thing is definitely a possibility. That's why we have it. But it's like 0.00001%, right? Most of it is the children's ministry thing that we talked about, the weirdos coming in. A lot of it, you know, that I've seen is like inappropriateness or a dude that's trying to go after women, you know, type of thing. And he doesn't know how to talk to him and he's a weirdo. Um, you can have people that come in and, uh, steel um, we've had sound equipment taken and different things and so 
yeah, it's it's a awareness uh, mindset because uh, everything triple, trickles down from that starting point. What about junior high girls when they go off the handle and they try to beat you up? <laughs> that did happen. Uh, it actually was from another pastor. You got beat up by a girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's going to take too long to diagnose. But um, the craziest thing that happened to me was that a middle schooler who was um, part of a pastor, he was, um, I think it was his niece, and he was jumping into a situation to help her out. Um, long story short, she ended up just swinging on me in children's ministry. And uh, so I had to kind of restrain her. And then she ended up uh, walking out of children's ministry into the sanctuary. And so it got worse, lesson learned there. And then the cops got called because of an event. And then they had to take a picture because she scratched me and, you know, assaulted me. And then once you have ushers that find that out, it's like for the next two months, uh, Matt got beat up by a girl. And, you know, are you sure you don't want to have a second person with you to go talk to that teenager? And the ministry of ridicule went on from there. Uh, yes, that's why I brought it up. Um, any, my, I was wondering, one of the questions we usually ask in the lightning round is a good book for pastors. But is there any, like, good resource on security that you could refer someone to if they don't have any, you know, background. Yeah, that's a tough one because most of it is secular. Um, but my favorite that I would tell you is his name's John Lovell. He has a company called Warrior Poet Society and uh, he's a believer. Uh, so um, on his website, um, or at least if you were to type in John Lovell, Church Security, or Warrior Poet Society, Church Security. He actually did a YouTube series, and uh, I think it's like nine or ten videos. And he, from his church, kind of walks you through everything that I'm talking about and gives you ideas to think of. Now, he's going to say things that your church flat out can't do, right? So you have to take what he's saying and then apply it to your culture and your church. And so he'll say, yeah, if you can have a, a uniformed police officer out front, that's a good deterrent because it's like the biggest presence you could get. That may not be for you, but uh, he definitely goes through all these topics and it's a great resource for you to kind of uh, jot stuff down and then in order of importance, start attacking that in your uh, situation. How do you spell his last name? Uh, level L O V E L L. All right, last one. Uh, one piece of advice you'd give to senior pastors regarding security, like you know, this is something that you need to know. One piece of advice. Uh, well, I think yeah, I already gave it in the beginning, and it's just um, find somebody to make it a priority. Um, I get the fact that you have to have that person that is meant to do that because the wrong person in that role can can cause you issues and maybe be more harm than good. But if you can find somebody who uh, is a protector mindset, who has a background or really just a desire. Um, there's a guy that Steve asked um, to do a pastor's conference breakout session and he's a civilian and he's perfect. He's a chaplain for local law enforcement and he does have a background in law enforcement. Um, but if you have somebody like that, give them a little bit of rain to build this. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of 
pastors just kind of hold it in a place of, well, God will protect and I don't want to worry about it because it's going to require work. Well, if someone in your congregation is gifted in that area and can use it for a ministry and at the same time uh, do the things that you're supposed to be doing as a shepherd for the flock, man, let them, let the Lord uh, use them uh, in that area. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's the whole, you you know, find people who love that ministry more than you do because they'll do it better. And so that's good advice. Uh, thanks, guys, for your time, Matt, for joining us on the show. And uh, just continue to uh, look forward to connecting with you. So God bless. The EQ Podcast is here as a resource for our listeners. Check us out at eqministry.com. On our website, you'll find a variety of helpful tools, including past ministry conferences and a contact form to seek out help or counsel from seasoned Calvary pastors who want to encourage you in your serving or answer your ministry-related questions. Until next time, God bless.